Welcome to Brewery Talks Podcast, a podcast bringing you the stories behind the beers. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in today. Today's episode comes from Tucson, Arizona at Dillinger Brewing Company. I was there the other day and I saw they have some wild beers right now. A maple beer made with 15 gallons or so of Vermont maple syrup. They have a beer they did with NASA. Girls got cookings and beer pairings and to find out what went into these beers and these recipes, etc., I sat down with the owner, Eric Sipe, and he gave me the inside scoop of what went into these beers. So this episode is very beer-focused, and if you guys are interested about how beer collaborations work and how different beers are made with different ingredients, check it out, and uh, cheers. So I'm sitting here with Eric Sipe of Dillinger Brewing Company. How are you doing today? Not too bad. Thank you very much for coming out, Nash. It is... A rainy day here in Tucson, which is unique. I don't know it rained that much around here. Yeah, you know, whenever we do the big events here, like the Gem Show, we're typically always going to have a day or two of terrible weather to remind people that it's not always perfect here. <laughs> Let's start with the name. So the name for it, I didn't realize what Dillinger came from, and I think it's a cool little history, uh, a little ode to you know the history around here. I think it'd be uh, definitely worth just quick snippet of what the name or where the name came from sure so i uh, named after the mobster john dillinger he's got the movie johnny depp movie out public enemy number one in case that's the only way you've known him <laughs> um so he was a bank robber back in the 20s and 30s uh, after a string of robberies he was hiding out in downtown tucson and eventually him and his gang were caught at hotel congress big fire in the building police chief fire chief recognized him uh, eventually it was a big shootout and he got captured held in the pima county jail and then uh, transferred over to chicago where he then later escaped and was killed <laughs> so we're the only people that captured him and didn't let him get away okay okay yeah i was uh I was I was talking with someone the other day and like you don't know that guy and I'm like no I don't like the Johnny Depp movie and I'm like oh okay and then I yep. spent like the past like two days just on his Wikipedia learning so much about him interesting guy but so yeah I want to talk to you guys today because it is your guys second anniversary congratulations thank you very much and that's a huge feat I mean you're and you're still in your twenties that's a having a brewery for a two year anniversary and you're still in your twenties that's a wild uh, accomplishment man yeah I'm only twenty eight my partner's twenty seven so we're still about ten years younger than anybody else in the <laughs> industry in town um, but no it, it's been uh, a wild ride I still can't tell if it's been the fastest two years of my life or the longest two years of my life but <laughs> it's one of the two and I mean with the anniversary coming out you guys did put out some beers that all of them I, I tasted a couple the other day they were amazing but they're all unique and they all have something uh pretty wild about them so i would be i wanted to highlight those in this episode today so let's start right with the maple mania sure so the maple mania is an imperial maple porter that we brewed with 150 pounds of vermont maple syrup so it's all real syrup in there no extra additives um, we bumped it up to about 8.1 percent alcohol so it's still got that good warmth that you want in a winter warmer um but it's uh deceptively easy to drink yeah it, it and it's packs a lot of flavor too which is really great and it's uh yeah i mean i, I had one the other day and i was like wow this is absolutely incredible <laughs> so you said there is vermont maple syrup in it correct what point in the brewing process do you just toss in a whole bunch of syrup? So we added it during multiple phases of the brewing process to give it kind of a more layered and complex maple flavor. So we added it in the boil during the brew kettle. We added it again during primary fermentation, again once fermentation had stopped, and then again in the bright tank. So that way 
all the residual sugars that could be eaten by yeast were eaten up by the yeast, but then we could continue adding more and more to it to allow there to be some resi- a little bit of residual sweetness and a, a pretty full maple flavor. And how much maple syrup does that require? It is three of those giant five-gallon buckets being poured in of maple syrup. <laughs> Holy cow. Wow. And then how does that... How did you guys land on Vermont maple syrup? I mean, me being from the East Coast, I mean, everyone talks about Vermont maple syrup. I didn't realize that that was like a thing out here as well. Was that just like, you guys like, yeah, we have to. I mean, it's Vermont maple syrup. Well, I did have a roommate from Vermont in college, and so he pretty much indoctrinated me on the ways of Vermont being the true maple syrup. (laughs) So I think it was a bit of a holdover from him. Okay, okay. Um, So that's the first one. That's maple mania. And you have it on drafts and in cans, Correct. Correct. Now, is that something that's a special release just for right now, or do you plan on having this reoccurring kind of throughout the year? So it has been popular enough, and I'm selling it fast enough that I will definitely be bringing it back. Um, Look for another release probably around Thanksgiving of this year. Oh, that'd be perfect. Nice little Thanksgiving meal Mm -hmm. little dessert. Yeah. (laughs) And the next one we have is the Del Bach, and that's an aged out. That is super boozy, right? That's very boozy. So my background is actually a little bit in whiskey as much as it is in beer. I I was working at a whiskey and cigar bar up in Old Town Scottsdale while I was opening up the brewery, and I was one of the whiskey experts there. So we had, I think, 300 different types, and I was tasting different whiskeys every single week. And when Del Bach, which is a whiskey distillery single malt out of Tucson, came up, I knew that there was something special. Since then, it's won double gold at essentially every single competition it's entered in. It's in 13 states now, and we have it just a few miles down the road from us. So when we're looking to do whiskey barrel-aged stouts, it's uh, pretty much a no-brainer for us to just go down the road and get barrels from Del Bach. Ah, okay, okay. So that is so. So it is aged in their barrels, and uh, me being a newbie, not knowing much about it, how long is it aged in the barrels? So we always do our barrel aging to taste. This one was aged for five months. Uh, these barrels that we get from them are the 15-gallon barrels, and kind of the rule of thumb is the smaller the barrel you're using, the quicker the whiskey age, like the aging process will happen. Ah. So five months in a 15-gallon barrel might give you the same flavor as a year in a, in a regular 53-gallon barrel. Oh, okay. And you said you do it to taste. So you literally go back there after one month, say, okay, let's see how this tastes. Then two months, then eventually like, that's the spot. That's right. Now, is that, is, is that a common practice or do people kind of always have a set time or, is, or, do, or do you think most places are to taste? Barrel aging is more art than science. So most people are going to be doing it to taste. More art than science. That's a really cool way to put it. <laughs> that makes me appreciate barrel aged beers even more. Okay. So that, and then the third anniversary beer uh that you guys were kind of posting about was the sister's share yes and that's a, a pretty special one to us actually so there is a winery in Sonoida, which is about an hour south from tucson okay. called arizona hops and vines and we're good friends with the owners there two sisters they're fantastic and we bought a couple barrels together with them to do a barrel share program so they first made a Malvasium, which is a Greek white wine, aged it in that barrel, sent it to us where we put a Saison in it. 
that we did for our first ever true mixed fermentation sour. So these white wine barrels are filled with Bretomyces and lactobacillus and all sorts of interesting little critters that'll come in and make interesting, very complex, true sour beers. So we've done sours before, but they've always been kettle sours, which is, you know, a two to three day process. This one took us nine months. Whoa. Yeah. So it's a, a very special beer for us. And it turned out amazing. Holy cow. Nine months. That's like, uh, I mean, I can't even like. When I, when I buy a beer, I can't even wait to drink like that night. I can imagine like knowing how great this beer is going to be and then just waiting nine months for it. You got to try your best to forget about it. <laughs> Stash the barrel in a corner. Don't look, it, don't look at it and then come back a year later and see what you got. And this is the first release of it. This is the first time it's been bottled? Correct. Okay. Uh, right after we emptied it out with the Saison, we tossed an IPA right back on top of it. So give me another half a year, nine months, and we'll see what we got then. And that is right now in bottles in on draft? Correct. Okay. Yeah, we're doing a few sour competitions around town for Arizona Beer Week. So we'll have a few little kegs of it going out, but the majority of it's going to stay here in-house. And that's actually a really good point. So this is going to be coming out. This episode is going to be coming out the Monday of Arizona Beer Week. So uh, let's hype up some of the stuff you guys got going on. I mean, right away, you guys post on social media, you guys have the your Arizona Beer Week flight. Mm-hmm. which is uh, a mix and match of different beers, right? Yes, it's going to be the last four releases that we did, plus a four-pack of any of the three beers that we currently have available in cans. Nice, nice. Yeah, so the four beers that we have on it are the Sister Share that I just talked about, the Icaramba, a new pale ale that we released, the Del Bach aged Imperial Stout, and the Maple Mania. Okay, is there any other events going on that we, you guys are going to be participating in? You said you have a couple sour things going on, or is the best way to try your beer that week just for someone to come here and just grab some to go, have a couple here? We're going to be all over. <laughs> so this Friday, I'm driving up to Phoenix and dropping off 40 cases of the Imperial Stout around the city. The next day is going to be the Arizona Strong Beer Festival, yep. which is giant. Uh, 10,000 people showing up, everyone bringing their strongest booziest beer strong flavor uh so that's going to be a whole lot of fun starting off the next week on tuesday we're going to be part of a sour challenge at craft uh us versus crooked tooth another brewery here in town that's cool we'll be doing a tap takeover the day after that at bar 77 up on oracle then we'll have oh what else after that the tucson craft beer crawl uh, we're going to be doing a beer tasting and uh, tour that Friday as well. So we have events pretty much every single night. Okay, and I know that the Arizona Brewers Guild has a list on their site of all the various events. So if people have more questions, more details, so they get, they can uh, probably either reach out to you guys on social media or just check. That's the, right. The the website for different things going on. Yep, we'll be available anywhere. Easy to get a hold of us. That's going to be a sweet week. Sweet week. Very excited about it. And then you, I saw you guys also have the Brute 100, which is a Brute IPA. Correct. And then, now the whole Brute with beer, that's a whole new style that's been popping up that I've seen on shelves. What exactly is that kind of beer? So the Brute 100 was a beer that we made to commemorate our 100th brew that we did on our system, and we used 100 pounds of hops for it. Wow. So Brewed IPA is a new style that came out of San Francisco, and the idea behind it is to make it taste champagne-like. 
So San Francisco has the Napa Valley, Sonoma County roots. Um, the idea, how you make this beer is you finish it super dry, like a champagne. You up the carbonation and you use hops that are going to make it taste light and fruity. So there's no actual champagne in it, despite having the name Brewer. No. Um, so a lot of people think that you have to use champagne yeast to make this beer. That's not entirely correct. It's, it's actually such a new style that the parameters behind it aren't really 100% defined yet anyways. So really, you can be as creative as you want on this. Just kind of have the general idea of making it taste kind of like champagne. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's definitely a unique style. I think the first one I saw was like the Sierra Nevada one. Um, that says right on in huge letters like brute, and I was like, "Whoa, what is this?" And now, since then, I've been noticing it more. It's kind of like, kind of like when you like uh, look at a car, and then you keep seeing the car on the road, right. and you're like, like, "Oh, wow!" I wonder if that's always been like that, or now I'm just noticing it. That's how it is with this beer right now. <laughs> yeah, and you know that the style's starting to get more popular once you see the biggest guys do one. <laughs> so hell, even here in Arizona, Four Peaks put out a brute IPA, and that's owned by Budweiser. So if they can pull it off, I think everyone's doing it now. So that's cool. That's a, a, a new unique style that we'll probably see. That's exciting stuff. Now, one other beer. This is a beer that you said is is the story behind it's wild. I'm just going to hand it over to you to explain it. So the Venue Arrival. Uh-huh. And that is a beer you did with NASA. Yeah. So the University of Arizona has a NASA mission that's headquartered out of the U of A called the OSIRIS-REx mission. And what it is is an amp an asteroid sample return mission. So they have a spacecraft. It flies to an asteroid. It's mapping out the asteroid, taking a sample, and bringing it back to Earth. So I'm on the board of directors of the Boys and Girls Club with the project leader for the OSIRIS-REx mission. He approached me asking if I wanted to do a beer with him, and I said, hell yes, I do. (laughs) So we actually have a few interesting things that we did for this beer. So... The asteroid they're going to is one of the darkest objects in the solar system, which is why we picked an imperial stout. So for this beer, we came up with a conversion rate between how we measure beer color, which is SRM, and how they measure the reflectivity of astronomical bodies, which is albedo. So we got together with a bunch of engineers at the U of A, put a bunch of beer in the spectrometer, and came up with our conversion rate. So we made a pint of this Imperial Stout have the same reflectivity as the asteroid that they're flying to. That is wild. And I was going to ask, why did you pick an Imperial Stout for that? That is absolutely crazy. And this is the one of many. So this is Bennu Arrival. Correct. So we had done Bennu Approach before, which is when the spacecraft could first see the asteroid. Then three months later, Bennu Arrival, which happened on December 2nd. They still have a good year left of mapping out the asteroid before they actually take the sample. So we still have years and years and years of different releases that we're going to be doing for this mission. So anybody passing through that just loves NASA, I think, has to get it then. <laughs> yeah, and we, we got calls from all over the world from space enthusiasts. I had people calling me from England, from France, from Australia, trying to get this beer. I know some of it made it out to the Johnson Space Center in Houston. Some made it to the Jet Propulsion Laboratory. So th- this beer is making the rounds. Holy shit. You guys also have, I mean, I just love, just like I just have a, I'm going through a list right now in my notebook of all you guys' different beers and different notes about them. Then you guys have... On top of the beers, you have a gr- the other day you had a Girl Scout cookies and beer pairing. <laughs> yeah, so those are always fun events. 
So the way we came up with our pairing ideas is we sat down with every single type of Girl Scout cookie and we poured a sample of every single beer that we had and just started taking bites and taking sips and see what worked and what didn't. The way the flight worked was that you had one cookie with one beer and then you'd have a bite, take a sip, bite, take a sip, and then just enjoy sweets and beer. Pretty much. We were taking notes, so it was definitely still work, but it's the more fun part of work that we have. I've been along with the beers, you know, we are sitting in the tap room, which is, is this like North Tucson? What part of Tucson is this? Uh, considered West Tucson. West Tucson, okay. Yeah, we're on Oracle Road, which is the largest north-south road in the city. Okay. And the location, you're kind of tucked away in this kind of back area here. How did you guys end up in this spot? So it's more a question of zoning. You have to have industrial zoning if you want to be able to self-distribute, and that's what we wanted, so this uh, is where we are. Okay. I mean, the taproom itself, you got a huge picture or a huge uh, artwork of John Dillinger right there with a big heart around him. That's yep. <laughs> very fitting. A big 10 by 10 mural that we did, and we did it on uh, Valentine's Day of last year. So that's why he's got the big heart around him. Uh, okay, okay. And you guys, uh, right next to me, I have to give a shout out to the N64 because that is amazing that you guys have this. Oh, yeah, and that's all my games there. I only brought the ones that I had doubles of. So I have 20 or 30 available, all the classics. You got your Mario Karts, your GoldenEye, Blitz 2000, your Mario Parties. So I, I'm, I got you covered on that. That's actually a question I, that I didn't uh, think about to right now. So you said you can self-distribute here because you're in an industrial Correct. area. But are you also, could someone go to like, uh, like Total Wine and grab like beer there or like a supermarket or whatever? Well, we should actually be getting our beer in Total Wine later this week. But the vast majority of the places that you're going to find our beer at are going to be locally owned bars and restaurants here in town. Okay. So if it's a locally owned restaurant and they have beer on tap, more likely than not, you'll see us there. Okay. Okay. Sweet deal, man. We talked about beer. We talked about tap room. We talked about Arizona Beer Week. Uh, I I can jump right into one of the wrapping up questions, which is your funniest or favorite or just a funnier favorite beer story that you have. All right, so I'll tell the story of probably one of the most hectic days of brewing we ever had. So when you're brewing a batch of beer, the first thing you do is you take the grain, you dump it in the mill, that grinds it up, drops into an auger, and that shoots it on up and into the mash tun. And once you're in the mash tun, you have a countdown of when you have to get everything in there. And if you go beyond that countdown, the batch is ruined. So we were trying to brew a batch of our Roadrunner Red, which is our flagship beer. We put in all the grain. We're getting there. We're getting all the way through it. We've done our pale malts. We've done our two-row, which are the base malts. And right before we can put in all of our caramel malt and chocolate malt, every piece of equipment we have blows up. And we have no idea why this has happened. So at, at the time, you think, what, did a rocket in the mill? Is that what caused everything to seize? Did my motor break? You just have to troubleshoot on the fly. But we're also on this countdown of 45 minutes that we have to get everything in. And after that, we just have to cut it. So moral of that story was uh, our auger motor slowed down filled up complete with, completely with grain. That caused that motor to seize, blow every single fuse. So when we were dumping grain in the mill, that had nowhere to go. So that caused the mill motor to seize and blew every fuse. We found this after the fact, though. 
So what we did was on the fly come up with a recipe that was our Roadrunner Red without any of the things that make it red, changed it to a Dillinger Gold, completely switched up all the hoppings to make it hopped kind of like a Czech Pilsner, and came out with a beer that actually ended up being one of our more popular beers in the tap room after coming up with the recipe on the fly in about 20 minutes. So you, you saved the batch of beer, you changed the style, mm-hmm. and now is it a re- do you still make that beer? Is it like a reoccurring beer or you just made that one batch and you're done? You know, it, it's probably going to stick around and be the light beer that we keep on tap because people really like it. <laughs> so it was supposed to be, or you said, a Roadrunner Red, but mm-hmm. then, and now it's the... The Dillinger Gold. Dillinger Gold. Cool. Um, and then the last question I got for you today is any advice that you have, whether it's someone who just wants to switch careers into the beer industry, someone who wants to open a brewery, just what, I mean, you probably have a wealth of beer knowledge. What's one uh, kind of tip for advice you can give to somebody? Well, sure. So if you're looking to open a brewery, I, one piece of advice would be to know that most days have very little to do with making beer. You're going to be spending maybe 15 hours a week on the beer, 45 hours doing everything else that opens a business. So if you love to make beer, think long and hard about opening a brewery (laughs) because there's a lot of other things you're going to be doing. And if you're looking to get into the industry in general, know that right now this industry is changing faster than anyone can keep up. So you have to constantly be innovating, constantly be thinking of new styles, and constantly be trying as many different beers from as many different places as you can think of. So stay on your feet, keep your mind open, and look at what's happening. So do you find that you you said you have to taste different beers? Do you find Mm -hmm. yourself like going out there and like seeing a new style of beer and being like, "Oh, I got to try this one," just being like, "Okay, like this is the new style of beer." Like, what is like the I guess the the research, the R&D behind uh, the beer styles and beers you're making? Well, so my partner, Aaron Long, is from San Francisco. He went to San Francisco, tried a brewed IPA when they first came out, and then we instantly loved it and did one ourselves. So you just have to be looking at all areas of the country, seeing what's popping up, seeing how you can make it your own. Thinking on your feet, not only in the market, but also in the when you're brewing and things all break, and <laughs> just always staying relevant and uh, on your toes. Cool. Um, so if someone wants to get in contact with you guys, wants to see you guys during Arizona Beer Week or whatever, what's the best way that they can visit you guys, have your beer, get in contact with you, et cetera? Easiest way to come get our beer is to just shoot into the tap room. We're at 3895 North Oracle Road. I, we always check all of our Facebook and Instagram DMs. That's the easiest way to, to write something to us. Our email address is listed on the page, and we always post everything up on our website, DillingerBrewing.com. Cool. Sweet deal. And if you guys want to check out the podcast, just Google Brewery Talks Podcast or find it anywhere that you guys listen to podcasts. Or if you want to get in contact with myself, check us out at com. Eric, thanks so much for taking the time today. Great advice. Good beer. It's exciting stuff. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me. We'll be in touch. Absolutely. Cheers. Hey, guys. Thanks for checking out the episode. I hope you guys enjoyed it. If you really enjoyed it, you can always go give it a five-star rating and help me out on iTunes or whatever app you use. That would be really kick-ass. Talk to you guys soon. Cheers.